Do you practice the Sabbath, or is the idea of Sabbath new to you? With me today is Rachel Fehrenbach, a storyteller who embraces her unique design. Through her writing, she invites you to see the gift of Sabbath as a guide for discovering your sense of identity, purpose, and belonging. Learning to embrace her unique design has been a journey. Sometimes it has been easy, like when she majored in creative writing and business management, and other times it has been hard. She wasted way too much time agonizing over what others thought of her. But through it all, her creator has shown her his intentionality in her life. And now she helps others implement a weekly Sabbath practice that gives space to the questions, who am I and why am I here? She thinks it's a pretty cool gig, but then again, that's how she's designed. Rachel and her husband live in the Chicagoland area with their three youngsters. Her first publication, Rest and Reflect, a 12-week guided Sabbath journal, recently released and is available on Amazon for purchase. And you can follow Rachel on Instagram, and I will put her Instagram handle in the show notes below. I'm so glad you can be with us for this conversation about the importance of Sabbath. friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. So why don't you just start off by sharing with us what even led you to this topic of Sabbath as something that was so dear to your heart? Yeah. So about five years ago, um, I kind of found myself in a place of just utter exhaustion. Things were, there were some transitions happening in our lives. Um, We had just adopted um, a brand, a brand new little one. And, um, so he was, you know, newborn stage late nights and all the things. So not only did we have this like physical exhaustion happening, there was also this just emotional and spiritual exhaustion happening because we had changes happening in our church. Um, some really strong friendships were starting to weaken just all around. Just my soul felt very tired. I felt a little bit lost as an individual, you know, sometimes as moms, we can, get um, caught up in the day-to-day of taking care of everyone else, then we start to lose a little bit of ourselves too. And I was starting to do that. And it was just, I, because of that exhaustion was happening, there was a little bit of wearing on my soul. And I started to um, start to have kind of some bitterness and anger. And I started snapping at people and um, just, was not very pleasant to be around. (laughs) And so that kind of lasted for a good three years. And by that three year mark, um, we had actually, our church had to close, um, just couldn't sustain being open. Um, And so that was bad, but we actually um, transitioned into a new church. And so we got involved in a new small group and um, just some wonderful things happened, started coming into um, falling into place. But one of the um, neat things was during uh, shortly after we started attending that church, our church went through a study on the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. 
And so our small group would discuss the sermon from the week and we got to the fourth commandment. And it was kind of the first time that I even considered that the, that the Sabbath would be something that we would actually need to pay attention to. Now Mm -hmm. I grew up in um, a church where it was kind of like, Oh yeah, the Sabbath is something nice to do. You know, you probably should, you know, definitely go to church on Sunday, but it's not really necessary to take the Sabbath. So we just kind of gloss over that one and moved on. And um, so when we got to in our small group, everybody started discussing, well, what exactly is the Sabbath and what does it count? Is it, is it about physical rest? Is it about spiritual connection? Like, what is this thing? And it just hit me in that moment that I thought, I thought we were probably missing something here that it seemed like there was something deeper that the scriptures were laying out for us. And I knew I wanted to explore it a little bit more. And thankfully, when we were leaving, my husband looked at me and he's like, this conversation is not done yet, is it? And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) So he was even feeling that prompting too. like, this is something we need to explore for ourselves. And um, what was really awesome, I mean, we stumbled into, you know, like you were, we, we, um, did research. We studied the scriptures. We looked into what different faith traditions, typically how they treated Sabbath. And we kind of pulled something together and then we just started practicing it. Mm -hmm. And what was really neat is that, um, this time of reflection and processing my week with God developed out of that practice. And in that space, there was a rest that came to me that was not just about the physical. It was also about the soul. And I really felt like God tended to my soul in that time. And, um, and really started teaching me some things about my identity and my purpose and my belonging and a stabilizing peace and joy returned to my life. And so it really has been a very life-giving practice that we've implemented in our lives. Well, I think it's super timely too. you talking about it being a season where things were taken from you and where some friendships were you know, in different points of stress and strain and even churches changing. And I've heard so many people for a variety of reasons have shifted churches right now Mm -hmm. and relationships. Oh my goodness. It's like, you think that you're final. I, at least I felt like what feels like we're finally getting to a place where it's like, we've reached a plateau of somewhat normalcy. And then there's some other new big thing mm-hmm. going on in our nation, whether it's yep. politically or with the coronavirus still kind of settling wherever it is right now that yeah, just so much strain on relationships. So I think that where you were, yeah. I think has a whole lot of parallel to right now too. And I want to point, it was very, very cool to, I'm cool. That's such a, such a trite word, but mm-hmm. it was really neat to see that, um, Like we had started this practice in this rhythm and then life didn't get easier for us. It actually got harder. We lost my mother-in-law after that. And then we had a miscarriage and then the pandemic happened. So it hasn't gotten any easier, but what has remained true is that we had already developed this rhythm where we were able to meet with Jesus each week Mm -hmm. and remember his provision and remember his goodness and his faithfulness. And I you know, for me, that sustains me through those moments of hardship. And so this last year has been very difficult. But in another way, I haven't um, having that regular rhythm 
in our lives has definitely been a blessing mm-hmm. throughout all of the stress and anxiety that it has produced. Yeah. I was just thinking about, uh, we were memorizing the armor of God, not too mm-hmm. long ago in our house. And the part that talks about having your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace mm-hmm. and thinking about that, those rhythms of putting back on that gospel of peace on our feet over and over. And like you said, it's a rhythm. It's not something that you just do, but it mm-hmm. has to be practiced because that's where the readiness comes from. It doesn't mean it never says when we read about the armor of God that then then the flaming arrows will stop and right. it will be easy. Like exactly. It's quite the opposite. It's so that when the when the trials come, that we mm-hmm. will face trials and struggles. Right. And when they come though, then we're ready for them because exactly. of those rhythms already in place. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it stood out to me too that you said the word practice. You said I started practicing Sabbath. That doesn't mean you arrived at this golden place of Sabbath. So what is that? What, why do you say practice instead of we started doing Sabbath? Um, okay, so one because I feel like we we still are practicing. We're still figuring out things, um, and I I like to say that it's practice um, because. You know, our original design, you know, you talked about um, before we started recording, when you prayed for us, you had actually mentioned about how God modeled Sabbath for us. And um, going back to that picture of creation, um, you know, God created for six days and then he rested with for the seventh. And actually in that time of rest, it's not just that God took a physical break. Like, I mean, God didn't need to rest, right? Like he's not tired. But what he did do is he dwelled with his creation. He spent time and he had an intimacy with his creation and um, then broke that. Then, I mean, that that Sabbath was supposed to last with us. We were supposed to have that constant intimacy with God and and sin broke that. And so um, then when God gave the Sabbath practice to, you know, the Sabbath commandment to the Jewish believe or Jewish um, people that Sabbath was supposed to point them to the coming of Jesus. It was supposed to point them to this restoration of intimacy with, with God. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same way that Jesus coming and restoring that intimacy also ushers in a period of time when all things are being made new, all things are being restored to that original design, that original intimacy with God. And I think that the practice of Sabbath reminds us of that. And I like to say that we're practicing it because it's not, it's not perfected yet, right? It's in the process of being perfected and there isn't going to be a one and done type of situation with it. It is going to be a constant reminder that one day all things will be made new. And when that happens, when that, that, um, you know, ultimate Sabbath rest comes, then it, at that point in time, we won't be practicing anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We'll be getting to experience it full on. So right now, yeah, we're practicing it. We're, moving along and doing our best and, and gaining closer and closer relationship with God. And then one day we will get to experience the real thing in, in a much deeper and amazing way. That's beautiful. It's almost like there's a glimpse mm-hmm. of our, as much as a glimmer of a taste could be of yeah. what our time in worship in heaven and mm-hmm. with the Lord in that closeness will be like. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we sometimes, miss that when we talk about Sabbath as rest, like 
physical rest, sometimes we miss that point that it's actually about intimacy with God as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when you compared it also to the beginning of time and God with his creation at the very beginning and the closeness of him with his people. And it also makes me think about the intimacy of Adam and Eve at that time Mm -hmm. and the closeness they had together in that relationship with the Lord, because one of the things that I see in our culture and our like American mom culture is this idea of me time and Mm -hmm. that rest time equals time alone and time removed and separate from. And so there's been a part of me that when I think of Sabbath, one of the places that my mind goes to is having rest alone. And Mm. not that that's a bad thing, but that when I think about Adam and Eve and their relationship with the Lord and their communion, none of that was about their separateness and their time in isolation. It was their time together with the Lord. So that's very different. Yes. And actually, when people ask me like, oh, well, how would you define Sabbath? I typically define it as uh, reconnecting with God and with others. Mm. That's typically how I I define Sabbath. And I think that you're right in that, that that oftentimes we think in order to rest, we need to get away. And, um, and while there are, there, there is some legitimacy with that, that sometimes we run ourselves so ragged that we do need a nap. Right. But, um, I think that for myself, I found, cause before we even started practicing Sabbath, I would talk to my husband. I, my husband is extremely supportive. He's a wonderful guy. And, you know, he even made a mom's off duty, go ask your dad door knocker or door Aww. hanger for my bedroom <laughs> for like for mother's day one year, he like had the kids make these for me so that I could hang it on the door when I needed some time. And so we were trying so much for like both of us to just have these moments of, okay, I got to get away. I got it. And, um, what I found to be true is that the moment I would start doing this, um, self-care mm-hmm. or even soul care, cause I would go right in that for me, that's, you know, that does, um, I process the world through writing. So for that, for me, that was soul care, but it would just be for a couple hours here or there. And it was hit or miss and it wasn't regular and it wasn't a rhythm. And so it was felt like it was never enough. Like I would just start to get to rest and then be time to go home. And I would almost like resenting having to go back home. Yes. And so what Sabbath has done instead, because I know every week I'm going to have a few hours of time for myself or a few hours of us just like doing the things that we enjoy. I don't feel that same sense of like, I need to get away. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is wisdom in, you know, biblical wisdom. Sometimes we like, we dismiss it so easily, but there really is wisdom in having it happen every single week, Mm -hmm. you know, that we are saying we're actually operating in our design. Right. And when we operate in our design, when we're obedient to the way that God calls us to to live, there isn't this tension as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I found that to be true for myself, that once I started creating a Sabbath that tended to my whole wholeness, like my whole being, you know, it, it took care of my physical rest, my spiritual and my emotional rest. I didn't need those moments of like self-care as much. Mm-hmm. So I love getting my nails done. So, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I would love to go do that once in a while, but yeah. you know, it's just different. I like that you just incorporated too the idea of the way we were designed, that we function better when we work within 
the parameters of the way God designed us. That I think mm-hmm. about if I designed something and it was something that was made that it needed to fully charge every so many hours. But I said, well, I'm not going to fully charge it. I'm just going to like partially charge it and then keep using it and then partially charge it when I get around to it again, or when it's on empty, it would never function at its fullest when it was functioning. It would always be running behind. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that we do that to ourselves as moms specifically, we're like, if I stop, the whole world is going to collapse, right? Like I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And we don't ever give ourselves a chance to say, you know what? The whole world doesn't depend on me. Like Mm -hmm. I can stop for a moment. And um, you mean mean God doesn't need you to hold the world in place, right? (laughs) He doesn't. And, you know, and I think that we can get ourselves in now. And I understand that some people's lives are a little bit different. My sister is a military wife, right? Like, so sometimes she is holding up the whole world, Mm -hmm. but what she has learned is how to ask for help, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that sometimes we think that we have to be self-sufficient and Sabbath won't let you be self-sufficient because Mm -hmm. guess what? You're taking what the world deems as like you need seven days for, and you're putting it into six. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that forces your hand a little bit to say, you know, I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. I can't make this all happen. And so I'm going to prioritize what's important and focus on getting that done, or I'm going to delegate and have others help me. And so it really does force you to reconnect with community. Like I was talking about before, because it makes you work within like, your rest happens within community and then your work happens within community because you need other people. Mm-hmm. So I've been very convicted about that idea of a mom not being responsible for carrying everything um, in my life. Um, some because of Sabbath, but also because I love nights. I love mm-hmm. not because I get to sleep and recharge, but because I have time to just be and mm-hmm. still, and nobody's talking to me or touching yep. me or having questions that I can just have space. Even if I'm most of the time I am working, like mm-hmm. I'm using that time to fold laundry while I listen to a podcast or, um, clean up the kitchen or do something or plan for our next school day, but just doing it with a candle lit and a cup of tea that no one else is <laughs> going to spill. Right. Like, all of those things are so life-giving to me, mm-hmm. but I have been very convicted when I realized that I was doing those things, some out of fil- refueling myself, because there's mm-hmm. a place for that. Yes. But when I realized I can probably, uh, truly, the refueling happens in the first hour, the extra two, three, four hours <laughs> is really more me not trusting God mm. that the hours of the day are enough. Mm -hmm. And if they're not enough for the things I have on my plate, then I probably need to reevaluate the things that we've allowed into our lives. Because if it means that the things we've allowed into our lives don't allow me to have rest, I don't believe that's God's best because that's not biblical. No, it's not. And I, you know, there's different various thoughts as to how long you need to Sabbath. And some people are like, oh, it has to be 24 hours. And others are like, no, just a couple hours here or there. Um, I fall in the camp of like, we do a 24 hour Sabbath. Tell us about your 24 hours. I want to hear about it. Okay. So we do do a 24 hours. And one of the reasons I encourage moms specifically to do a 24 hour, and they're Mm -hmm. always like, wait, what? 
no, I can't. I don't have that. I don't have that about ability to do that. Um, but we actually Sabbath, and this is what I encourage them to do: to not look at a twenty-four hour day from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, but rather to do it from the evening of one day to the evening of another. And that's how people of the Jewish faith do it. They do it on Friday evening to Saturday sundown to sundown. Um, so we actually practice Sabbath on Saturday evening to Sunday evening. Actually, we do more like early afternoon. So like by five o'clock at, at the latest, we're starting at five. Um, it's varied from season to season. Sometimes we start earlier. But the reason I say that is because if you if you practice from an evening to an evening, you have your day to prepare mm-hmm. and you have your evening after your Sabbath has ended to prepare for the next day. So really, you're not adding much more into your day. You are just giving space for 24 hours to rest. And um, so that has really like, when I recognize that, I'm like, oh, if I actually practice Sabbath from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I'm actually practicing Sabbath for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. than 24 hours because I actually started when I went to bed the night before. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to bed the night after, I've extended my Sabbath. And so that's why it's not operating in that design that God created and it's actually causing me more issues. Right. Mm -hmm. So we started doing from an evening to an evening. And then we, um, I do suggest doing a longer period of time because it gives you time to get into the rhythm of rest. Mm -hmm. What happens so often, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like, if you've gone on a vacation or maybe like you've gotten away with your spouse and you're like, it takes a little bit to get like, stop being on, you know, like you're like, okay, I can relax now. Takes a little bit. Same thing happens for Sabbath. Like it takes a little bit of time to like, oh yeah, that's right. This is what we're doing right now. And you don't want to shorten that. You don't want to like, uh, have too short of a Sabbath because you don't have that time to get into that rhythm. Mm -hmm. But also one of the reasons I suggest you take a longer Sabbath is because it gives you Faith to actually do the different things that nourish you holistically. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we try to do, we have five R's that we try to hit every Sabbath. We have rest, which are relaxation slash rest. So things that relax us, and then we automatically have a built-in rest time, right? Because we're sleeping for part of that 24 hours, mm-hmm. right? So um, relaxation and rest, um, remembrance, So we remember the things that God has done for us. And specifically what we do is we have a Sabbath meal during which we, um, I wrote out a script for us to follow. And during that time, we light candles, we take communion, we um, do a devotion with our kids. And we really talk about what God has done for us, um, specifically through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then we have a time of reflection. So my reflection happens during, um, the hour that my husband's putting the kids to bed. Mm. Um, I sit there with my journal. I um, ask myself the same three questions each week. Um, Those questions are, what did I embrace this week? How did God embrace me? And what do I hope for next week? And having that rhythm of reflecting on my week, processing that with, um, with God, prayerfully thinking how, who am I and why am I even here? You know, like talking through those questions with him each week, really getting a sense of my identity and purpose and belonging and how those showed up in the previous week. Um, that time of reflection. And then my husband and I have a time of reflection on our week after that. 
um, with our kids, we have time of reflection, asking them about the week and the things that they enjoyed that week, some of the challenges of that week. So um, relaxation, remembrance, reflection, and then we have um, reconnection. We make sure to do mostly things as a family. Mm -hmm. So we try to do things as a family. Sometimes we'll do things with other people in our community and reconnect with them. Um, And really, uh, we spend one-on-one time with our kids after our Sabbath meal. We give them like 15 minutes each. It's not, ours are little, so they're, you know, they're happy with anything, but. um, Even just 15 minutes, I've done some reading about the value of one-on-one time when it's not for a purpose. So you're not there to teach a lesson. You're not there to correct right. You're, you're, you're just there to connect that. I mm-hmm. think those, especially if there's parents in a place yep. of turmoil and relationships with the child starting even at that point, I think it will be very eye opening how the hearts of children are touched by just that one-on-one intentional reconnecting time. And we let them pick the, the activity. Mm-hmm. We let them pick it. And so that they get to rest and reconnect and re, you know, relax in a way that is, um, enjoyable to them and something that they delight in because we get to pick the rest of the time. Right. So like, it's nice for them to have those moments of being able, like, I want to reconnect with you in this way. And sometimes it's been really surprising um, how they've chosen to reconnect with us. And then the last thing we do is rejoice. We -hmm. always try to rejoice during our Sabbath. And so our Sunday service happens during our 24 hours. um, But we also try to do some praise and worship songs, you know, try to just have some moments of really fun and enjoyment and, um, and just rejoicing over the life that God has given us and the things that he's done for us. And so if, if we've accomplished those five hours during a Sabbath time, we've considered that a successful Sabbath. We're like, we are, we did good this week. (laughs) So that's kind of how our 24 hours is laid out. And how do you as the mom prepare for that time so that you're not having to still do all the mom jobs or are you still doing them all, but you're doing them with a different heart? What does that look like? <clears throat> that is a really good question. Um, I would say that there's some things that I don't, we don't clean during our 24 hour Sabbath. So what I do ask myself is I ask myself what must happen before I am ready to Sabbath. So as far as like cleaning or meal prep or work, right? Any of those things, what must happen in the week so that I'm ready for Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And then I make sure that gets done during the week. So my Sabbath prep actually starts on Monday, (laughs) you know, because you kind of have to use your, your, your days well, so that when you get to your Sabbath, you can Sabbath well. Um, And then I ask what would be helpful to um, have done. And then what would I like to have done? And I try to prioritize like that. So, um, so because I'm, I'm a writer and I work from home, (laughs) And I homeschool my children still there's I don't actually get to work during the day a whole lot because um, so I get up in the morning before they're up and I do my work and then I homeschool them in the afternoon. Um, But so on Saturday mornings, I actually get like a large chunk of time to write. So while I'm doing my writing, my husband and the kids actually clean the house and make sure it's ready. So that's so like we've worked that out like they know okay, we need to, um, we need to have these certain things clean before Sabbath begins. And actually what's really been interesting is um, they've picked up on this, on this concept of using our time well, because they actually said to me last week, they're like, mom, if we clean on 
Friday night and we have everything ready, then we can just play with dad on Saturday morning and we don't have to clean and we just tidy up before Sabbath. So even they're starting to think like, how can we use our time better so that we can have more relaxation and fun? So that's been kind of a cool thing. That's so countercultural. I feel like our culture does things without margin space. Mm. Do things that have to be done. We get the thing done that needs to be done now, and then we move on to the next thing that needs to be done then. But I've heard someone say, "What can you do today that for yourself tomorrow? That yeah, you, that yourself yeah. tomorrow will thank yourself for today." And, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. What can I do right? What do I need to do right now so that I can Sabbath well and just be off? And so, so do you meal prep for yourself? <clears throat> so because. So this is interesting because our Sabbath doesn't start till the evening. So we start our Sabbath with our dinner. Mm -hmm. So my husband grills on Saturday. He actually, he loves to grill. He like totally delights in this. This is like (laughs) his favorite thing to do. And so he is in charge of our Sabbath meal and he grills for our Sabbath meal. And so, but we start our Sabbath with our meal. Mm -hmm. So then we're just really like an easy breakfast on Saturday, on Sunday morning, like cereal or muffins and stuff that are already Mm pre-made and then um which we buy these muffins so like it's very like low-key for me like we pop them in the microwave right and then we do either leftovers or we eat out on Sunday we do do that as a family sometimes um so that's really like I don't really do a whole lot of meal prep because of the way that our Sabbath falls we don't really have to meal prep we make the meal and then we start our Sabbath. And I think, so that's one thing that has been really helpful starting that a little bit later in the evening and doing the 24 hours over half, you know, from one day to the next. Um, and then leftovers. The one thing that we did switch, switch to is we um, switched to using paper plates so that we didn't have to worry about dishes afterwards because um, neither my husband nor I like clutter in our sinks. And so when those dishes pile up, neither one of us, we kind of both feel a little bit restless and we want to do that. I actually caught my husband last week. He started, he started washing the dishes and I'm like, hon. And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Put him back down and came and sat down next to me. So, um, you know, so that's why it's a practice, right? Like you, some, you sometimes have to fight against your urge to, to do and, um, and really just sit and be. And so, um, yeah, so that's, to answer, I hope I'm answering your question about like the mom thing. I, and then as far as like everyday mom life of like making sure your kids are dressed and have their, their teeth brushed. Like, I think that's just life. And especially when your kids are little, but um, I really try to focus on it just being a time of reconnection. And our kids know, they know that it doesn't matter how busy the week gets for mom and dad. And it's been a really busy season for both of us job wise. And um, they know that come Saturday, they have our undivided attention. Mm -hmm. And that's been really good for our relationship with them, that they know they can trust that we're going to stop and be with them on Saturdays. That's great. So um, if a mom was saying, okay, I really want to start this. I think that I should do this. Um, She has, she could buy your book as a sign, right? Yeah. Um, So she can buy my book. My book is set up so that it helps you implement the rhythm of rest and reflection. It's not a, it's not a um, study of Sabbath. It's a, it's a guided journal to help you create that rhythm in your own life. And so it really focuses around questions of identity, purpose, and belonging. um, So that when you sit with God during your Sabbath um, rest and reflection, and you can have these conversations with him. And um, 
I specifically chose those questions because I do think that Sabbath, when we Sabbath, we reflect the glory of God. When we Sabbath, we reflect his image and we operate in our, in our design, our original intention, um, which is to commune with him and commune with others. And so um, that sense of identity really does play really well with the concept of Sabbath. <clears throat> and so rest and reflect, um, that's the guided journal. Uh, it's set up, it's for 12 guided, weeks. Guided journal and it's called guided journal. It's called Rest and Reflect, and it's set up for 12 weeks, um, seven days in the week. And I specifically did generic weeks and generic days so that you could start whenever and your Sabbath could be whatever day you wanted it to be. And so the first day has a devotional and then the rest of the days has uh, and a short, short and sweet. And then the rest of the days are just questions to further reflect on those truths that got brought up in the devotion as well as places to put prayer requests so that you can rest them at the feet of Jesus Mm -hmm. as you move through your week. And then it culminates on day seven with a deeper reflection time and a Sabbath prayer. So that's kind of the structure of the journal. As far as actually setting up a Sabbath practice in your home, I would suggest a couple of things. One, pick a day. That's the hardest thing is to just pick the day and the time. And make sure you know how long you're going to do it for. And there's grace in that. I've had friends who have done it on Monday because that's when their yes. husband is off because their husband works weekends. So yes, exactly. And that's the key, right? Like our, our culture is not set up for Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It's not. And so unfortunately, we can't all be like, oh, yes, we're all going to do it on this day at this time, right? It just doesn't always work that way. But what we all can do is make sure it happens every seven days, mm-hmm. right? And I know some people have some alternating schedules. And so that's okay. Just kind of shift it where you need to shift it, but make it a rather a regular weekly rhythm. That's the key here is that it's happening every week. So it's not just a here and there um, moments of self-care, but that it's actually a regular rhythm in your life. Um, so pick a day, pick your time and commit to it. That is the hardest part. If you can do that part, you've already like, you've already jumped over the biggest hurdle. (laughs) Like if you can protect that time and say, this is what we're going to do. And then I would say, give your Sabbath a little bit of structure. You know, like I had mentioned, you know, you know, relax, remember, reflect, reconnect and um, rejoice. That gives our Sabbath a little bit of structure. I think it's really scary when I talk to people about taking a 24 hour Sabbath, they're like, but what will I do? <laughs> How am I supposed to do nothing for 24 hours? That is scary, Rachel. Um, and, but that's the thing is that it's not supposed to be do nothing, complete silence for 24 hours. It's supposed to be doing life mm. in a different way. And um, looking back to the garden, right? Yes. What did it look like in the garden? It looked like a time of communion with God and with others. And so that's really, and it, it was delightful. It was enjoyable. <laughs> it was these things that were good. Um, and so that's those incorporate some of those things into your 24 hour Sabbath, decide what those things could look like for you. And then just practice them week after week and make adjustments where you need to. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, I think that the way that you describe it sounds so doable and Mm -hmm. also like such a gift and like a practice. So knowing just like with anything you practice, when you start it, it's not going to be smooth right away and there are going to be challenges. And I would also Mm -hmm. think there's going to be trials because you are acting in obedience to the Lord. And so you can expect that and know that you can move forward in God's grace. And when we are obedient, he is faithful. Yes, that is so true. 
he will meet people there. So I'm excited to hear back from people after all of this is gets shared to hear how people step out in obedience in a new way and um, can point them to you and to your resources. And I'm excited to get your book and put me in a new challenge. Yes. I would love for you to go through it and let me know what you think. I will. I will. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Rachel had so much wisdom to share with us today, and I know that you are probably thinking you wish you had a copy of her book, so I want to make sure that you have a chance to follow her on Instagram and follow me at Seek Holy Living because we are going to do a book giveaway this week. So follow Rachel Fehrenbach and follow Seek Holy Living for our giveaway and share it with a friend who you think this could encourage as well. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about speaking life into our children.